Aw, damn. Thank you for tuning in, tuning in, tuning in to another episode of In the Studio with Rubio, where comical commentary meets politics, technology, world news, entertainment, pop culture, and just a plain weird. Get strapped up with your seatbelts and let loose your ears for your daily dose of news entertainment. Whether you're just a plain Joe or someone that screams, I need attention. It doesn't matter because you're here for the useless commentary. Useless commentary. Now, without further ado, let me introduce you to one of the most silliest yet funniest people to ever exist in the history of all histories. Histories, histories. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Rubio. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another edition of In the Studio with Rubio. Tuesday, March 23rd. Today, we're going to talk about suspect in Colorado grocery store shooting faces 10 counts of murder. Bystander grabs man's foot after he nearly falls off the balcony. Video shows. We're going to see that video. Also, Intel to build chips for other companies with new foundry business. What the hell is foundry? We're going to find out. Also, TMZ. Asian hate crimes, family of attacked grandma donating over $900,000 in GFM cash. Also, Belize national soccer team confronted by gunmen in Haiti ahead of World Cup qualifier. Also, in this segment of Just Weird, we're going to talk about a mom shows how much sugar is in a Cadbury cream egg. As a warning to parents, it's probably a lot of sugar. And in this segment of Let's Watch Some Cheers, we're going to see Crystal and Sagar. CNN loses nearly half of primetime audience without Trump. All this in this edition of In the Studio with Rubio. Let's do this. <laughs> of course, before I start, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. If you like this video, go ahead and share this video. And if you must, go ahead and leave a comment down below. And also, don't forget to smash that like button, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am... Your host, Extraordinaire. And yes, Mr. Harris. Damn, I know. This looks fucking awesome, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> it's just good. I just, you know, first it was like on the battery. And then I found a way to like plug it into the wall. So hopefully the, the motor doesn't burn out. But guys, if you guys are seeing something strange... If you guys are seeing something really cool, the background is not actually moving. The camera! The camera is moving! This is so cool. It brings the production value really up. And plus, I always wanted just a slider. You know, Jordan? I always I always wanted this this, you know, I'm I'm such a tech geek. When it comes to anything like this, so when I get like a new, a new gem per se, I love it. You know, um, for my stand-up comedian friends out there, if you guys must know, uh, I do an open mic practically. I try to do it every day, except for Sunday. Sunday is my holy day. You know, but I try to do an open uh, open mic every day. And actually, uh, I I recorded a monologue, so you guys enjoy. You know, I was at an open mic yesterday. I did the uh, 10 p.m. show. It was a pretty late show at the fourth wall. And I love doing the fourth wall because that's where I test out my jokes. And sometimes it's uh, really great. And sometimes it's just really shitty. And um, 
yesterday was those nights I I bombed because I was testing out new jokes, but that's what you have to do. And I remember yesterday specifically talking to Vahi and um, uh, Eric DeRosha. They were just talking outside and they were just talking about, um, well, first off, Eric Eric DeRosha had a great story about Jeff Carasales. If you guys don't know Jeff Carasales, Jeff Carasales is one of these comedians or one of my good friends in comedy that just goes up there and that just says anything on his mind. And when you see that, it's actually, it's actually pretty cool because you know this guy is speak like he doesn't he has no filter, so he just goes up there and just, and just wrecks havoc, you know. But uh, Eric DeRosha told a story about uh, about about him, and I'm like, yeah, that's so Carousalis, you know. And uh, Fai, I mean, Fai had a good set, so did Eric, um, and they were just talking yesterday about what it takes to be a stand-up comic and um, the amount of times you have to bomb on stage. And I so agree with that with 100% of my being because it's like you have to go out. You have to do the open mics even though you don't want to. Sometimes I do the 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Uh, open mics and I'm just tired. I don't want to go out. I've just done some post mating and stuff and quite frankly I just want to lay down in bed and I got to get some shit. I'm already sleep deprived you know so but every time I do an open mic especially late at night I'm always so happy especially if I'm working on a new joke and it bombs I'm like I have an excuse. Well at least it's a new joke Sometimes I'll write five jokes a day and none will hit. But then if one hits, I'm good. I'm good for the day, you know. So, yeah, man, if you're a comedian out there and uh, you're wondering what's the best way to do it, just go to an open mic, bomb, say what you need to say, make friends, be humble, be approachable, and then go home. Re I mean... Record your set. You got to always, no no matter if you hate listening to yourself, you got to record your set, either audio or video. You just got to. Because there's gems in there. There's things that you'll learn about yourself as a comedian so as far as stage presence. Like for me, I just noticed I say the word, every time I'm using uh, new jokes at an open mic, I'm always saying the word fucking, fucking, fucking. I got to, I got to limit that, man. I got to limit that word. Even on my live streams, I'm always like, dude, I, I cuss too much. But, hey, that's just the way it is. So, uh, guys, enjoy the show. Yeah, man. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I'm still so impressed by this freaking thing here, man. By this by this camera. Like, gosh, damn, this, this is just next level shit. Thank you. <laughs> I know we should, um, you know, if you're a stand-up comedian out there, it, it's especially in L.A., man. It's, um, oh, is your camera, <laughs> is your camera a Roomba? I just, it looks great, and you're dropping knowledge. Yeah, thanks, Adam Mays. You're the best, buddy. Oh, man, I'm fucking staining myself over here. But yeah, man, as far as um, my little monologue, what I was saying earlier. Yeah, man, I mean, these these open mics, these open mics that you got to endure hurts. You know, especially when you're testing out new jokes. 
you know? And I always tell comedians who are in the first couple of years of doing it, they're like, what's your best uh, advice for a comic? And I'm like, do as many bar shows. Do as many PD's Place. Do as many freaking, uh, do as many dive bars as you can. Because those dive bars, let me tell you, man, those dive bars, they will kill your soul. But if you last through it and you just keep punching and you keep hitting, especially those hecklers, especially whatever's juke, whatever music is going out and in, uh, in the jukebox, whatever pool is being being played by people, you've gotta you've gotta do all that. You've gotta garner their attention and you've gotta say your jokes. And most of the times, most of these bar shows that that I do, failures. Utter failures. I'm always like, what the, f- what the hell did I do? Why am I here? But I, man, if, if I'm, I'm gonna lie to, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lie, if I'm not gonna say that it didn't, it didn't put some alligator skin on me, man. It didn't, it didn't like make my armor thicker. You know what I mean? LOL, pool players. Oh man, yeah, dude. There's so many times, so many bar shows I've done because you're you're battling with the elements, battling of the elements with with drunk people and you know sometimes they're playing darts. I literally did a show right next to people playing darts. I was performing at a <laughs> right either on the right side or the left side of the dartboard. They were throwing darts my direction. All in the sake of comedy, guys. <laughs> so don't say I haven't paid my dues, god damn it. <laughs> I've paid all my dues. <sighs> I know. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. I paid all my dues, and uh, I know you know I'm like one of the funniest Filipinos that you know. So that's not that funny. It's always funny. By the way, guys, that's my little niece. Her name is Mahal. I love that thing. And of course, I'm just gonna bring my little dog up. Look at my little dog. <laughs> uh, guys, should we get into the first order of business? Let's talk about D. Top news of the day. This is brought to you by CNN, guys. CNN. Suspect in Colorado grocery store shooting faces 10 counts of murder, police say. The 21-year-old suspect, uh, suspect in Monday's massacre at a Colorado supermarket, which left 10 dead, including a store manager and a police officer, faces 10 counts of murder in the first degree, police said Tuesday. Ahmad al-Awi Alyssa of Arvada near Denver is accused of opening fire Monday afternoon at the King Superstore in the University City of Boulder, killing people ranging from age of 20 to 65, authorities say. Ah, oh, man. This is this is heartbreaking. Why is this heartbreaking? Because anytime anytime you have a story of of uh people getting killed, it's just it's just heartbreaking, bro. And and if you don't and if your heart is not breaking, you are not a normal person. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys this picture. I guess this is him, right? Oh man, could I zoom in? There you go. I guess this is him. He looks like a fucking douchebag. Sorry, I'm trying not to cuss. But look at him. Look at this guy. <laughs> Man. Well, my heart goes out to the people in Boulder. I th I'll tell you that. Look, uh, what happens every, every time there's a massacre? Every time there's a massacre, there's always going to be an argument about gun control, right? There's going to be conversations about guns. Okay, and I was having a conversation with my friend over the weekend. He doesn't like guns. I get it. A lot of people don't like guns. You know, I am a responsible gun owner. So is a lot of people. So is a lot of my friends, you know, and to lump this guy and to lump the other dude that killed the Asian people to lump both of them. With responsible gun owners like myself and a lot of other people, it's just a damn shame, man. Horrible things like this exist. Like, horrible things like this happen. It seems like, it seems like horrible stuff like this happens, like, every, every week. Every week. And I'm kind of used to it. Like, if I'm, like... Going throughout my day, throughout my week, if it's like seven days in and there's no drama in the media, I'm always like, I, I, I feel weird. I don't know. But Boulder, Colorado, man, I mean, I don't even know, man. Because looking at the pictures, it's... It's definitely a very, very cold area. I don't even know why the guy killed. It says police took the uh, police took the suspect into custody at the store Monday, less than an hour after uh, panic 911 callers told dispatchers of the killings unfolding there. Oh, man. And, of course, they're going to have these pictures of all these victims and their... Oh, yeah, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Look... There's a picture here. He has a bloody leg. He's in boxers. And they're just escorting him. Man, I'm sorry, bro. If you kill 10 people and I was the cops, I would so just... I, I would deck you in the face. At least a couple times. You know, if you kill 10... If there was a guy... If I was a cop and I applied to be a cop and I failed miserably, but... If I was a cop at Boulder and this guy was the 100%, this is the guy that did the killing spree of 10 people, man, I would definitely sneak a punch in. I would sneak a punch in the stomach and I would sneak a punch in in the groin area, you know, the family jewels, as they say. I would, man. I can't just nonchalantly walk them to the car. Hey, you just killed ten people here. Uh, is 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 your seat okay? Do you need do you need some uh, heat warmers? I'm sorry, bro. I'm gonna be punching you, bro. 
Like nobody's business, bro. And plus, my question is, did he did he kill these people and then he started to undress? Was was that it? Did he start or was he like already killing people while he was in this damn boxers? This guy is obviously a nut. I hope I don't believe in capital punishment, but I'm going to be a hypocrite and say, yeah, man, eye for an eye, baby. Eye for an eye, man. I think weed is uh kind of legal in uh, Boulder, right? I think le it's 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 legal in all of Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. And if that's the case, how many people that were high inside that super grocery store after all the shooting? <laughs> you're high as a kite, and you see all this. Oh, I am chaotic hosting my stream. What's up, dog? The world is a better place. It is all he's hosting. I am chaotic from Twitch is hosting my channel because of this damn camera slider action. Thank you. Thank you. Headshot. <laughs> Access granted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, I am chaotic. You're the best, buddy. You know. <laughs> What'd you say now? The media's um constant broadcasting gives them a platform that's why after one massacre there are multiple how can we stop giving the shooters a platform but still spread awareness of the racism taking a hold of our fellow citizens good point man good point i mean we already have social media it's already getting <sighs> it could literally i think technology will be so good to a point where if a shooter decides to shoot up 10 people and does like a little like hey this is what I'm going to do and I'm 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 going to do it soon I think I think technology is going to be that good where they'll like stop him or well they'll they'll just blow up the phone they'll just blow up the phone blow up the phone yeah I am going to kill It's going to be that good man I hope it gets that good You know and by the way Adam there will always be racism Always. Now, we could do our best to educate people on other races and cultures and stuff like that. But there will always be fucking douchebags, man. There will always be this one subset of people that deserve to get punched in the face. Or at least slapped. At least slapped. Let's go on to the next piece of business, guys. This is brought to you. Oh, world news, guys. This is brought to you by foxnews.com. Bystander grabs man's foot 
after nearly falls off balcony video shows what a shocking video released last week shows a bystander grabbing the foot and possibly saving the life of a man who nearly fell off a balcony in india according to reports in the video the man identified locally as binu is seen leaning back against the side of the balcony before he tumbles over the bystander grabs the man's foot uh, and several others arrived to help him pull up to safety. Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for the heart, baby. I love you too, man. You're the best. Should we watch the video? The Daily Mail reported the man uh, was taken to a nearby hospital but did not have any injuries. Where's the video, man? Oh, it's right here. Okay, let's let's, let's play this again. Oh man, what the hell, bro? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did this guy just faint? What the hell just happened? He just fell asleep. Oh my goodness, bro. Bro, you had a little too much to drink, man. A little too much on the scissored. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love this guy's reaction. Look, 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 look. look the guy just fell. Oh, what are you doing? Okay, I need some help. Need some help. Hey, yo, Reggie, could you just help me out real quick with this freaking drunk idiot over here? <laughs> You know what? If this was in L.A. or New York, I bet you uh, there there would be people right there in the bottom just like walking. I, it's a typical it's a typical Tuesday. <laughs> just walking. Oh well, a guy almost fell off a balcony. Well, I don't have to. Uh, I don't have time to do a TikTok video. So, by the way, kudos, kudos to the cat light reflexes. Oh man, where'd the Daft Punk come in? <laughs> the guy with a motorcycle helmet. Dude, guys. How many Indians does it take to pull a man up, uh, a man up from the balcony, guys? How many? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, uh, man. Uh, well, thank God, thank God, the guy's alive. Looked like he was a little drunk. Looks like he was sleeping, guys. That's all. Uh, that's all I'm trying to say. Hmm. 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 Man, this is interesting. I've never. You know what? Uh, I lied. I lied. There was actually a time. Um, I think during high school. During high school. There was a time where this guy named Chris Hoffman, Chris Hoffman, he's still a good friend of mine. Um, during some sort of Latin convention or something, 
uh, this was like in 10th grade. Um, this guy decided, because we're all drinking. 10th graders drinking at the land convention. Yup, yup. We were all drinking. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember how you guys drank when you guys were in 10th grade or 9th grade. I don't know if you guys remember. But I remember drinking. Do you remember Goldschlager? <laughs> Who remembers Goldschlager? I remember Gold, uh, Goldschlager, Tangeray, you know. Uh, I remember we were just drinking and we are just all having a good time. Until Chris Hoffman was like, hey, you know what, man? And we're on the 30th floor. 30, it, it, we were high up there. 20, 30 floors up or something. We're all having a good time until good old Chris Hoffman looked at everybody and said, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start jumping from one balcony to the other. And we're like, what? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, guys. Just, uh, you know, just uh, let's open up the patio real quick. And I'm just going to jump from one balcony to the other balcony. And granted, it wasn't that far, but it was 30 floors up. 30 floors up. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? And so I was watching him. I was watching front row seats. I was watching this guy jump from one balcony to the other balcony to the other balcony. And I'm like, this guy has a death wish out. This guy has a death warrant. Oh, man. It was some crazy times in high school, man. And I've seen videos. I've seen videos of people falling over, you know, falling over, falling off cliffs, falling off balconies. And I would like to say some of it's pretty funny. Some of it's fatal. Even the fatal stuff is pretty funny, too. Um, I'm going to admit sometimes I'll watch these film videos that are like borderline death. Borderline death. And I'm still like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> like any of these videos that you guys see that um, um, it's like usually some sort of like young Russian kids or young Czech kids. They'll like go like a thousand feet up on some sort of building and they'll parkour up there with their GoPro. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? You guys are... You guys are crazy. What are you guys doing? No, really? Yeah, man. But that's what it is, guys. Hey, if you're going to be at a balcony, man, look. I don't care how high this balcony is. Not, uh, not as far as uh, floors. I don't care the height. The height of the balcony, okay, or the height of the balcony, whatever it is, the guardrail. There you go. I don't care how hard or how high the guardrail is, and I don't care how far up I am as far as floors. I can never just lean back. I can never just lean back at the guardrail like that and just, hey, just nonchalantly talk. No matter how drunk I am, I, I I could never do that. Even though if it's like a rock guardrail, I could never. 
I'm just too scared. I've got a natural scared. Uh, you know, I've I've got a natural fear of heights. I I hate heights, but I always challenge it. Every time we I go hiking or something, and then we're so many feet up in this hike. I'll tempt myself. I'll actually garner up the courage to actually look over the cliff, you know. And I'll be like, "Oh, what's that? Oh my God, they're so high." What I'm trying to say, guys, is do not drink, do not get drunk, <laughs> and lean back on a guardrail on a balcony. Don't do it, guys. Don't. No. Do not. Let's go to the next article. Technology, guys. Technology. This is brought to you by PCMag.com. Intel to build chips for other companies with new foundry business. I don't know what foundry is. We're definitely going to find out. The company is spending $20 billion to build two new fabs in Arizona to support the foundry business. Intel is hoping even Apple will one day become a client. Intel is making a new push into the foundry business, which will involve manufacturing custom computer chips for tech companies and Western governments. Let's, what the hell is foundry? A semi this foundry, a semiconductor, a semiconductor manufacturer that makes chips for other companies, also called fabs. Semiconductor foundries make most of the chips in the world for hundreds of fabless companies that design but do not manufacture, including some of the largest and well-known tech leaders such as Qualcomm, NVIDIA, and Apple. However, a large company that designs and makes its own chips may sell ex uh, excess manufacturing capacity and function as a foundry from time to time. I still don't know what the hell foundry is. Inside a foundry, chip making is an extraordinary complex manufacturing process. Uh, wa wafers? Full of chips can take weeks to make with dozens uh, of processing steps to create the many layers of a chip. These images are from a microchip technology in Tempe, Arizona, which makes and sells its own chips as well as provides foundry for other companies. So it's, it's basically microchips, this foundry stuff. The news means Intel could end up Building uh, ARM chips, ARM chips for Qualcomm and Apple, assuming it can win them over as customers. It will also put Intel in closer competition with the two largest foundries in the market, TSMC and Samsung, which also built chips for AMD and NVIDIA. Intel previously dabbled in the foundry business in 2013, but the company's new CEO, Pat Jill Singer said this time the company sees a massive opportunity pointing to the global shortage for computer chips, most of which are currently made in Asia. So I don't get it. I don't get it. Isn't it Apple? Isn't it Apple making their own chips? I thought that's what it was, right? The Apple M1 chip? Because I know Apple was using Intel chips. Now, you know what? I mean, I could be wrong from this whole thing. But I understood that Apple for a long time was using Intel chips. You know? And just recently, within the past one year or two years, or even, yeah, just, just this year, 
they said that they were manufacturing their own chips. So if that's the case, then why would Intel put Apple in their potential list of clients? I don't understand. Apple is already in the chip making game. Now, are chips the same as foundries? That's my question. Are chips, are, are um, not chips, but are, um, what the hell, what the hell? What what is a foundry? What is foundry? Let's see what the hell a foundry is. A foundry is a factory that produces metal ca castings. Metal are cast into shapes by melting them into liquid. Foundry is a place where castings are made from molten metal. Okay, I get all this. But why? Why? <laughs> Sooner or later, guys, we're all going to have a chip in our arms. We're all going to be semi-robots. We're all going to be, you know, that evolution chart. Um, it's like um, uh, Homo erectus and then uh, Neanderthals and then us and then, you know, and then from monkeys to humans, I think the next evolution is definitely going to be bionic, half bionic, half robot. Have you guys seen those kitchen arms? Those uh, Samsung or thing? I think um, I think I am chaotic uh, was the one that uh, kind of showed me the video of these Samsung kitchen arms. And I'm like, this is amazing. Amazing. I swear, dude, within within the next five years, or you know what, within the next 10 years, I am willing to say that every kitchen, you will see these mechanical arms, these mechanical arms, and you just, there's an LCD screen, and you're like, hey, you know what, I want some garlic fried rice, and you just put garlic fried rice, and then it just starts making the garlic fried rice. It's going to be that simple. It's going to be that amazing. And I'm just ready. I am ready. Plus, who's not ready for that? Look, automation is coming whether you like it or not, guys. You know, I'm a big Andrew Yang fan. Man, you got to listen to the dude. He's a venture capitalist. He knows what he's talking about. The robots are coming and there's nothing you could do about it, man. Have you, um, has anybody ever taken a look at these, uh, these Amazon warehouses? They're like, uh, uh, with the robots just sending packages from one place to, uh, to another. And then you got drones delivering packages in China. Just a matter of time, man. It's a matter of time. UPS, FedEx, the U.S. Postal Service will cease to exist. Why? Because you got companies like Amazon. I, mean, I don't even know what the next big company like Amazon's going to do. You know, they oh they have one there. That's crazy. That is so crazy, man. That's gonna be uh, open next year, like ninety percent robotic. That's crazy, man.
That is so crazy. Jordan, are you are you gonna be uh are you gonna be one of the one of the managers there, man? I would love I would love uh Mr. Jordan Harris to uh be one of the managers. <laughs> Amazon is Skynet, yes! I've said this before, and I will continue to say it again. You know what? No, no, no. Amazon is not Skynet. I would most likely say Google is more like Skynet. You know, if I had to choose between all the techs, I would say Google would be the closest one to Skynet and then possibly Facebook. Amazon is third, third place. Amazon has like five shipping uh, facilities here. Oh, wow. The place is going to be 800. Oh, my God. 800,000 square foot. That is cray cray, man. Oh, hey Jordan, I forgot to to send you um to send you the link to this uh remarkable slider, man. I think uh I think you you could implement it into your live stream, man. It'll just bring it'll just bring it and <laughs> it is an Amazon link. <laughs> You're going to have to use Amazon, baby. Oh, man, could you imagine? No, man, could you imagine if Google, Facebook, and Amazon all merge together? And then uh, the board will consist nothing but the Google execs, Zuckerberg, and Bezos. Google has so much computing power, man. So many supercomputers, yeah. And within our lifetime, quantum computers is going to be a thing. Quantum computers, bro. I don't even know what that means, quantum computing. I just know it's probably two million times faster, and it's scary because it's a, it's it's a one more step to the singularity, right? Everybody says one more step till AI becomes conscious. I mean, damn! You don't even need a cameraman anymore, man. When you could just do. When you when when the robots are just doing this thing right here, look at that! Ah, look at that! Look at that! Yeah, they do that thing. <laughs> did you see the quantum teleporting they did the other month? Yes, I did. I did. I always tell I always tell people like like I know anything about quantum physics but uh i'm not a smart man even though i listen to a lot of um uh quantum physicists i love listening if, even though i don't understand what they're saying a lot of the time but what i do know is i think um quantum teleporting is uh entanglement entanglement is going to is going to be the key in my opinion Entanglement is going to be the key for teleportation, is going to be the key for, um, yeah, basically for teleportation, man. Can you imagine if a scientist built a, a teleport-like thing? You walk inside this, this uh, portal or whatever from L.A. and then you exit in Paris. Goodbye! Goodbye, airports. Goodbye, airlines. <laughs> and talk about open borders. I am not for the open borders thing, but if you're, 
if you have a teleportation machine that you could go from here to there, how could you implement borders, man? How could you? How could you? Because there's going to be a lot of rogue people, man. And, you know, when scientists build that teleportation machine, there's going to be less smart scientists that's going to try to build something that's, like, underground, you know? Let's build a teleportation machine to the uh, to the brothels in Mexico. Let's do that. <laughs> it's going to be it, man. <coughs> Let's go to the next order of business, guys. This is from Entertainment from TMZ. What you say? Imagine that thing being put on Voyager that's like 4 billion miles from Earth. I know, dude. I know. Entanglement is the key, man. Entanglement is the key. <laughs> like, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Asian hate crimes, guys. Family of attacked grandma donating over $900,000 in GFM cash. I don't know what GFM cash is. The family of an Asian grandmother senselessly attacked in San Francisco aren't keeping a penny of the nearly $1 million they've raised online, a move made at the behest of the victim herself. Zhao Zinzi was one of the older women, 39-year-old Stephen Jenkins, allegedly bum-rushed last week along Mark, uh, Market Street. Cops arrested Jenkins on the scene, but not before he got his ass handed to him by Z, who reported fought back with a piece of wood. Good job, Asian grandma! Oh yeah, go find me. There you go. I know what I'm doing! As you can see, Z was left with black eyes, a swollen face, and severe trauma. According to her family, thankful, uh, thankfully, her grandson... John Chen says she's doing better now. But in the immediate aftermath, the family started a GoFundMe that has since raised up to $907,000 from more than 30,000 donors. Jeez. That's amazing. San Francisco police have arrested a man accused of attacking an elderly Asian couple yesterday. Police books 39-year-old Stephen Jenkins on charges of assault and elder abuse. The attack made headlines around the globe after one of the victims fought back, beating the suspect before he was detained and taken into That's custody. Not cool. Witnesses say Jenkins was involved in another physical altercation 30 looks minutes like a prior to moron. the two assaults. Oh, jeez. What's up with these people, man? What is up with these people? I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Much credit. You know, much much credit to the grandma, man. I mean, she fought back, man. Oh, man. Her wind chun is amazing, guys. Come on. Come on, her wind chun. Get it? Get it, guys? <laughs> so late. <laughs> Her wind chun's amazing. Man, I don't know, man. I mean, you guys really want to fuck with Asians, man. Really, guys? You guys really want to get the triads and the yakuza's all linked up together? 
because of Asian hate. You know, just the Yakuza's alone. You guys want to piss off, piss off the wrong Asian dude who's part of the Yakuza, and you will get your ass handed to you, bro. Piss off the wrong Filipino in the right Filipino gang, <laughs> and your ass is done. If there's one thing I know about uh, Asian people as a collective, uh, I would say most Asians have other Asians' backs. You know what I mean? The triad. Don't even let me get started with the triads, bro. Don't even, don't even let me get started with the Korean mafia. The Korean mafia, man. <coughs> Not only are they lethal, but they make great Korean dramas, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the hell is this? YouTube remote does not exist. By the way, Jordan, uh, do you do Streamlabs? Is Streamlabs a, a good thing to be a subscriber for? For like $19 a month? I think that's a little expensive, but... I don't even know if you use Streamlabs. I was told from um, people that have uh, more Twitch followers than I do. They're like, you should invest in a in a Streamlabs uh, membership. I'm like, do I really? That I don't. I just want to talk about the news and make fun of the news, man. I do, de do. Oh, you do. So, do you think it's worth it? Oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't subscribe to it. Okay, good deal. You got your shit for free. What's free? Are you talking about the templates? Is that what you're talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about all the other apps. All the stuff you see on my channel is uh is ones I found for me. Oh. That's what it is. I don't know, man. Speaking of going going back to this uh, Asian grandma, man. I don't even know, Jordan, if you're close to uh, your girl's grandma or I don't even know if she's alive. But, man, let me tell you, man. Hold on, what'd you say? Restream does uh, what the sub feature does for Streamlabs. Oh, okay. Man, I don't need overlays, man. The overlays that everybody sees these overlays, this is my handcrafted overlays, guys. Proud and true. Access granted. Oh, shit. What the fuck did I do? All right, let's go to the next piece of business. Let's go to sports, guys. Let's go to sports. This is brought to you by Fox Sports. 
Belize national soccer team confronted by gunmen in Haiti uh, ahead of World Cup qualifier. The team is hoping to make their first World Cup in their history. The Belize national men's soccer team was briefly held up by a gunman in Haiti ahead of the squad's World Cup qualifying match later this week. The country's soccer federation said the Football Federation of Believe, FFB, uh, said in a statement Monday the team was met with a very undesirable situation in Haiti. You think? While they were uh, outside of their bubble. Despite the four-man police escort, the team bus was stopped by an uproar of insurgents with assault rifles on motorcycles and police escorts were forced to negotiate with them for the team bus to continue its journey to the hotel. Damn! <laughs> I know, they don't look bad at all. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Could you imagine being escorted by four police, by, by police escort, and they're still, and you're still not safe? We are pleased to report that our Jaguars, although shaken by the terrible experience, are safely at their hotel. Look at that. Man, dude. Dude, those are like assault rifles, bro. Jeez, Louise. Everybody in the bus out. I want everybody in the bus out. I want some free soccer balls, damn it. I need some shin guards. <laughs> That's just crazy, man. Look, I bet you that motorcycle you see right there is probably a cop. It's probably a cop, man. Mental note. <laughs> don't go to Haiti, man. Yeah, don't. Well, if you are going to go to Haiti, stay because there's a lot of packages that, that you could actually uh, pick up for vacation packages. But it's all inclusive. You know what I mean? Like you don't. You don't get out of that of that general area, you know? It looks like a lot of Boko Haram in Africa. Yeah, man, it does. It really does. It's scary too, man. I would that's one of my greatest fears. Like I would love to travel abroad. But that's one of my greatest fears is just like just get into shit like that because man, you just never know what's gonna happen. At least I I know what's going to happen in this environment for the most part. 90% of the time, I know what's going to happen. I know what to expect. I know what places to avoid. But when you're in a new world like that, dude, you know, you're like, oh, man, look at that alley. It's pretty dark. It'll be cool. But if you don't leave the resort, you don't experience the country, which is why I like traveling. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. So you know what you got to do now is you got to call whoever is in charge of, of, of uh, booking this uh, Haiti team. And you're going to be like, hey, what route is that? What street is that on? <laughs> what street are they getting held at gunpoint on? And uh, I just want to travel. I just want to avoid those hot spots. You know, I think that's the best bet, man. Haiti, man. Haitian. I bet you there's a lot of crime there. There's a lot of crime in the Philippines. There's a lot of crime everywhere, man. I think like even the Nordic countries. I well, the Nordic countries I think are one of the places uh one of the safest places in the world, I would think. I would think Japan Japan is definitely a safe place. China, I don't know. I want a 50-mile radius away from that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man. You know, you know what you do. You open up your phone. You put on ways. <laughs> you're like, these are the places I want to avoid, and you just avoid them completely. Well, my question is, where is there a place that crime is not on the rise? Japan is probably one of the most safest places in the world, man. And I would say one of the most peaceful because all they do is work. <laughs> all they do is work. They're a rich nation. They have a military, but they only have a defense military, which is strange. They're never on the offensive because, you know, I guess they're compulsive, you know, once you give them power, like, oh, we're going to take over the world. Oh, no. Oh, no. We tried that once. <coughs> Iceland, probably. Yeah. <coughs> That's a good one. I can't see myself li uh, living in Iceland, by the way. I mean, I know the Icelandic people, especially women from Greenland. As, uh, you know, women, women in uh, the Nordic countries, uh, they just have this beauty about them. They're tall. They're slender. Because you know what it is? It's because of the Vikings, bro. The Vikings raped and pillaged all these people. They injected them with their genes and their sperm. I think that's where it comes from. I could be wrong. It is. Hey man, that's uh, and some of the nicest people ever. Are they like the South? I know the South is uh, the South in the U.S. That Southern hos ho that Southern hospitality everybody talks about. That Southern hospitality, guys. But man, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not gonna go back to the Philippines anytime soon. Bet if you change your mind about living there. Oh, did you go? Wow, you actually went. You actually are talking to talk and walk the walk, I guess. Oh man, I envy you, sir. Yeah, man, I got to. I just gotta get out of freaking the U.S. Just for a couple. Just for a couple weeks, man. I really want to travel abroad, man. Where was the last? Uh, where was the last place that you went to outside of the U.S. that you went to vacation? I would like to know. And and did you take uh did you take your girl with you? Oh, Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember, uh, you know, my wife was here and we were talking about that. Were you ziplining, bro? Man, okay, man. I'm going to travel to Iceland, bro. Going to travel to Iceland. Going to do it. Oh, look at you doing coupley stuff. Oh, what? You guys are going to Costa Rica again? Dude. Well, definitely send pictures, man. Every time I live stream, I'll be like, hey, you know what? Uh, Jordan is at uh, Costa Rica right now enjoying life, zip lining. Zip lining, not through the country, but through love. 
<laughs> well, I envy you, sir. Let's get to the home stretch, guys. This is just uh, just weird. This is brought to you by mirror.co.uk. Mom shows how much sugar is inside a Canterbury cream egg as a warning to parents. A mom posted a photo on social media claiming to show how much sugar is in one Canterbury cream egg. And when people denied it, uh, it could be real. We tried it for ourselves. Damn, that's it? 340? That's insane. Round trip? Gosh damn it. What am I still doing here? <clears throat> the countdown to Easter is on and not uh and not long until we can tuck into the bargain chocolate that will soon be on offer for weeks afterwards. It's all it's about the time of year that Canterbury cream eggs are placed invitingly at every checkout as we happily fall victim to temptation every time we do a food shop. And it's also the time of year that someone on social media reveals exactly how much sugar the little chocolate can, egg contains, leaving some people shocked and others defiant that they simply couldn't care less and will enjoy their chocolate in peace. <laughs> yeah, dude, let me know. How much is it from, from uh, LAX to Costa Rica? Hey, babe. Do you know how much... Do you know how much Costa Rica tickets are from L LAX to Costa Rica? Round trip? Average? Huh? Yeah, man. Shoot me. Shoot it to me. 286. 286 bucks, babe. That's cheap, right? Damn, I guess we got to go soon, man. <laughs> I guess we got to go soon, bro. That's crazy. <clears throat> Let's see this. It all... <clears throat> Take off. <laughs> you know what? I have a lot of vacation hours, man. So I probably would. I I probably would take it off. You know? I just need to go. You know, me and my wife were thinking about um, uh, visiting Austin, Texas. We're thinking about it. You know? Before we move. We definitely want to move. Definitely want to move out of California. But... We wanna we wanna take a little road trip over there. I don't know if it's best to fly. It's a 19-hour drive from LA to Austin, and uh, I love driving. I love the open road. Um, but people are like just fly there. It's freaking the tickets are just so cheap. Go in April where to Costa Rica or to Austin? Where am I going, man? What am I doing, bruh? Let me tell you, man. I mean, if I was going to go to Costa Rica, I don't know what the hell I would do there, man. <laughs> I would solely rely on my wife for, for the daily activities. I'm like, what are we doing? Uh, the most important thing is, what am I eating? What am I eating? That's all I care about. 
Oh, either. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, most most likely, if it was between the two, it would definitely be Austin, dude, because there's more of an incentive for us to go. So, yeah, man, let's get back to this article, man. But when the image uh, riled some cho chocolate fans uh, with one replying to say, couldn't fit that much sugar in an egg, this is a lie. We decided to test it ourselves. According to Cadbury website giving us all the information, we would rather usually not know a cream egg weighs 40 grams containing 177 calories, 6.1 grams of fat, and 26.5 grams of sugar. If, like us, you're far more interested in how things taste than the nutritional information printed on the Back of the package, a measurement of 26.5 grams of sugar means very little. Damn. Oh, yeah, dude. Most definitely. Zip line, food, beach, volcanoes, hiking. Hell, yeah, man. All that stuff. That means one cream egg exceeds the daily recommendation or rec uh, recommended intake of sugar for those under the age of 11 and even for adults. It leaves you with less than four grams to play with for the rest of the day. Damn, just one egg, man. I, <laughs> I remember like finishing like six, like not six, probably like three or four of these Canter uh, Canterbury uh, cream eggs. I did, man. I was a freaking just a pig, bro. All right, man. Let's go to the last segment, man. Before I get out of here, let's watch. Oh, I'm sorry about that. For this last segment, let's watch some cheers. Crystal and Sagar. CNN loses nearly half of primetime audience without Trump. Yay! Of its primetime audience. Of cable news in the post-Trump era are extremely real. Um, this number is actually shocking. Let's throw this up on the screen. CNN has lost almost half of its primetime audience in the past five weeks. So, yes. Let's do that again. Good. Basically from January when you had the Capitol riots mm -hmm. and you had impeachment and you had all of this going on, <coughs> um, they still were riding high. Now in February in primetime, they've lost half almost of their audience. MSNBC right behind them losing a quarter of their audience. Yep. Fox News between January and February hasn't changed all that much, but they saw their big drop in off. In November. In November, so they shouldn't be left off, off of this conversation either. It's so bad the Washington Post is actually writing about this as well. Um, big piece about not only cable news ratings, but also the traffic to major news websites. And they report on the problems at the Washington Post. So the Post between January and February, they've seen traffic decline also by a quarter. Yeah, 26%. 26%. In a single month. Fewer visitors yeah. from January to February. They also show the way that um, many of these news outlets and cable news have just, it was just a bonanza during the Trump era. So the New York Times over the <laughs> Wow, that's an income cut. Yes. Income cuts for Dom Lemonet and Brian Baldhead uh, Steltzer. 
course of Trump's presidency, they went from having 3 million paid subscribers to 7.5 million paid subscribers. So Trump, as much as they love to decry him, as much as they love to hate him, he was amazing for their bottom line. Yeah, and he was. And actually, (coughs) note, the New York Times actually lost 17% of its traffic compared with January and 16% over last February, which is a huge drop for all of them. This is an existential threat to a lot of their business models. And when you see them clamoring and trying to make, you know, something else into a national crisis or into ratings, you should wonder why. Mm-hmm. Whenever they try to latch on to Marjorie Taylor Greene yep. and then spin this up into a whole thing, what are they doing? You think they care about Marjorie Taylor Greene? No, they don't care about Marjorie Taylor Greene. They care about ratings and they're trying the so line. desperately. Brian Stelter was like, Tucker Carlson ah. is the new Trump or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you want him to be the new Trump because Trump was the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And it's the same thing. I'm dying saw, for anyone to be a new Trump. I saw Oliver Darcy, the CNN media reporter, like literally being like, declaring war yeah. on Fox, like watching their programming. Fox is reporting on CNN's programming. Like I said, best, you know, Iran-Iraq war. I wish you all yeah. the best of luck. I hope you destroy each other and it's better for the country. And it really just goes to show that this entire thing was a sham. All of this attack on the press, et cetera, Sure, the rhetoric was there, but he is the greatest thing that ever happened to them. And they knew it at the time. And they're screwed. They don't know what they're doing. The Huffington Post had to lay off all of these people. People are cutting jobs. It's a dying industry in many respects. Well, at least in the establishment realm. Mm-hmm. And in the independent realm, Substack, etc., is booming. Yes. Right? And what's happening? Now they are setting their sights on Substack. They are declaring outright war against... By the way, I love the rising, you know, uh, uh, Crystal is, uh, I love her. I love, uh, uh, Sagar. I love them both. You know, it's, it, it's like people try to comf- uh, com- compare these two to like, uh, this, uh, was a CNN crossfire or was a Fox crossfire? I'm like, this is not even close. This is far million times better. You get an opinion from the left and an opinion from the right independent journalists and anybody who has a distant view and podcast right for misinformation. Um, This is is what they have to do. They have to protect themselves um, at this point. You're so right to describe it as an existential threat because most of these outlets, whether they were on the right or on the the left or liberal, they formed their entire identity around this one person. So, and people, their, their viewers or listeners or readers, they formed their identity around yeah. resistance to this one person. And you had within the Biden campaign pledge, like basically you're not gonna have to care about politics anymore. You can go back to whatever you were doing, uh-huh. like blissfully unaware of whatever's going on in DC that actually is having tremendous consequences on yes. your neighborhood and your lives. But that was the promise is basically, you're not gonna have to get the news alerts anymore. You're not gonna have to tune into Rachel Maddow every night at 9 p.m. Right. And that was one of my greatest, like, one of one of the things that I always hated when I was talking to my friend Rob DeRosha, Rob DeRosha, he, you know, he's he's a Biden supporter, right? And he was like, "Don't you want to wish that you just want to go back to like boring politics? Boring politics. Just politics under the radar which will affect our daily lives. You want us to go back to that to the to to the same freaking corrupt politics?" that the Democrats do and the Republicans do and uh, for the same matter. But at least with Trump, everything was out in the open. 
Everything was transparent. You knew exactly what he was doing, exactly what he was tweeting, exactly what he was saying. Now it's just like people are not going to pay attention to what Biden's doing. I mean, he's probably not doing nothing because he's like stuck in a basement. He's he's probably robotic. He's probably a robot, man. That time he fell off the steps. You guys uh, remember that? I think it was just a glitch in the system, man. It was just a glitch in the system, bro. <laughs> Didn't uh, VOC also cut jobs? I don't know. Did they? By the way, what is VOC? <clears throat> I don't know what VOC is. Oh, Vox. Okay. That's what. Okay. Yes, they did. They cut a lot of people. And their main guy, Ezra Klein, is now, work you know, that talking head is working for the the paper, the, 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 the news on print. The paper of record for the New York Times. Good job. Way to be freaking more partisan than what you were before, New York Times. <clears throat> Can't believe that, man. New York Times officially became a partisan hack. They've always been for a long time. And yes, the only person I like at Vox was... Um, what, what's, what's his name? His last name is Iglesias. And I remember him and um, Ezra Klein <clears throat> kind of duked it on on Twitter. Actually, Iglesias was the only leftist that I know that went to the Ben Shapiro Sunday special and actually gave him an interview. And Ben is very transparent about this. Ben was like, you know what? I invite all these Democrats, all these leftists to my show, and they always deny. But they're, they're, there's a handful of them, and those are the ones that I respect. Iglesias was one of them. Andrew Yang was one of them. You know, I don't know if Tulsi Gabbard ever uh, talked to Ben, but they're, you know, I hope they do because this conversation needs to happen, man. <clears throat> ...programs you were somehow resisting. Yeah, you were fighting back. Like you were part of the solution <laughs> because you were watching their terrible, trashy, predictable, partisan hackery and that this was like a, a way of being an activist. And now they don't have, there are plenty of critiques of Joe Biden. There are plenty of, like, the idea that he's boring is only based on this sort of, like, ephemeral, shallow personality politics. There's plenty in the world that's interesting that's happening right now. We don't mm -hmm. have any trouble finding it. But they have no real critique or no real focus on policy, and they haven't trained their audience to have that either. So, yeah, they're kind of SOL. It really is. So sad. Tomorrow on Rising. <laughs> this is the Bad Faith Podcast. Brianna Joy Gray joins us. And the New York Times. It's not only good discourse, it's great discourse, man. It's great discourse, dude. I mean, if you take a look at that Sunday special that Ben Shapiro had with Iglesias, you know, they're, they disagreed on everything, but it was just a healthy conversation. It was awesome to see. So with Andrew Yang and Ben Shapiro, when they were uh, on that Sunday special, disagreed on mostly anything. But when they found common ground, it was great to see, you know. But you're not, you, you, you know, you're not going to get that every day. And, but I hope, I hope someday, man, 
I hope someday. I hope someday Jimmy Jimmy Dore goes to uh, the Ben Shapiro show or, you know, Tim Pool goes. I mean, Tim Pool and Dave Pacman, David Pacman already already talk like Kyle Kalinsky even. I'm a big fan of Kyle Kalinsky. You know, even though he's a he's a he's a progressive. So, it really depends, man. Really depends on on all this. I don't think political discourse is getting any healthier as the days progress. I think, if anything, uh, every day, every day I open my eyes, it's like we're more divided than anything. Jimmy Dore, yeah, man, he's awesome, dude. And he is a progressive. I mean, I don't agree with him on most things, but, man, I got to... Not only is he a stand-up comic, but, man, he's 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 a firebrand, bro. You know? He's passionate. He's articulate. And he don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, man. Well, Jordan, man, thank you for being my only fan today, man. You, you're the greatest, man. I swear, one of these days, dude, he calls shit out, yep. One of these days when I get, uh, you know, a million followers on Twitch, man, I'll still host your channel, dude. <laughs> for damn sure, bro. For damn sure. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me for another edition of In the Studio with Rubio. If you guys want to follow me on my social media, go ahead and follow me on all these. Pause this video. Recognize it. Follow me on all these platforms, especially in Odyssey, Rumble, and BitChute. And of course, if you guys want to send me some money, by all means, man. Support my work. I'm on Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Zeal, or Zelay, and Facebook Messenger, also known as Facebook Pay. Oh, of course, Jordan. Anytime, buddy. And uh, I will send you the link to this wonderful slider. <laughs> and if you're on YouTube, guys, do me a favor. Hit that notification bell. But most importantly, hit that subscribe button on your lower right-hand side. Thank you, guys. God bless. Peace out.